0: Okay, so this week we're continuing on our summer series, Peace. So in the first week, a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Andrew talked to us from Ephesians 2 about Christ being our peace and how we can only have true peace when we encounter a relationship with him. And then last week Chris spoke to us from Philippians 4 and talked about how peace that is beyond our understanding And it's completely independent of what we're actually going through. So today we're going to be reading from Matthew 6. And I'm sorry to disappoint you, I don't have a poem this time. Those of you who remember. So Matthew 6, 25 to 34, starting at verse 25. Therefore, is it up there? Yes. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. There you go, we can go have coffee now. That's it in a nutshell. Nothing more to say. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? So let's just stop there for a minute. So it starts with therefore. Now I've mentioned before and you probably are aware in the Bible if the word therefore is there we need to think what is it there for? So if we go to the beginning of chapter 6 in fact the whole of chapters 5, 6 and 7 are Jesus talking from the mount. It's commonly known as the Sermon on the Mount and um, he's talking just about the right way of living, how to live a full and godly life, our motives behind what we do when we give, when we pray, when we fast. And he encourages his listeners to do everything from a motivation that's pleasing to God. So in other words, having less concern for our material things and more of an eternal perspective. He talks about storing up our treasures in heaven where moth and rust can't destroy and thieves can't steal. In verse 24, he continues on by saying that we cannot serve both God and money. Now, the word for money, the Greek, the original word for money in um, the original translation is actually an Aramaic word called mammon, which is a tricky word to translate, and some translations of the Bible haven't even bothered translating it. They've actually kept the word mammon mammon in everyone say mammon yes it's a bit of a tongue twister so money is not an accurate translation because it gives a wrong connotation there's nothing wrong with money in itself but mammon has a much deeper meaning it refers to having a materialistic mentality of putting our confidence in our wealth or in our riches so to recap and we'll actually do verse 24 as well No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money, mammon. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Now, again, the word worry, the original word for worry is merimneo, which means care, so do not care, but it's talking about care in an ongoing sense, like when we meditate or fixate on something. So it's saying when we fixate on things, when we fixate on where we're going to get our food or our clothes or where we're going to live or what we're going to do, how we're going to find the money for this or where am I going to work or whatever, we're, we're when, we, when we're constantly ruminating and ate, fixating on it and meditating on it, that's what Jesus is talking about. He's saying these things have a temporal value. We don't need to worry about them. We don't need to fixate on them, on these material things of the world. And then he goes on to say, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Think about that. The birds of the air, the flowers in the field. God looks after them. Are you more valuable than them? Are you? Yes, I think we are. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Who's done that? Who's worried and actually found they've got more time in their day? Yeah, didn't think so. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labour or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O oh you of little faith? Now that sounds harsh, doesn't it? He's saying, you of little faith, but he's saying these things are not important in the whole scheme of things. And if we are worrying about them, then we're saying, God, I don't trust you. So he continues on again and repeats himself. So do not worry, saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear. Now that's not an exhaustive list either. I think you can probably put whatever you're worrying about, fill in the blanks, X, Y, Z. He says, for the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. He knows. He knows what you're worrying about knows that you need it so if he's not supplying it at this point in time there's a bigger picture so we're of much more value to God than any bird now, in fact I've got some pictures up there that I found some lilies in the field and some birds finding food we're much more valuable than any bird We're much more beautiful to God than any flower. God's care for our world. Yet he values us and desires relationship with us. So how much more does he care about us? Of course, with everything going on at the moment every second person's getting covid and we've got a few not here today for that reason there's food shortages in the supermarket who went to the supermarket and found no meat <laughs> one person does everyone else not go to the supermarket or maybe i need to shop where you shop um, bookings and plans are being cancelled operations are being cancelled there's not enough ambulances and medical staff to go around to vaccine, not to vaccine, those questions, the controversies that you see going around. Kids going back to school, that's stressful. And all the other ripple effects of COVID, which I probably haven't mentioned. Not to mention all the other outside of COVID issues, our illnesses, parenting issues, relationships that go sour, financial pressures, work issues. And so on. How can we not worry? I agree. It's not easy. Worry and concern is actually a natural part of life to a certain extent. But as I mentioned earlier, Jesus is talking about a worry that's ongoing. There's a healthy concern. There's a healthy worry. But when it starts to fill our thoughts, consume us, distract us from what we should be doing... When we're fixating on it, that's what Jesus is talking about. When we can't stop thinking about it, when we lose sleep over it, we're so preoccupied we can't function properly. This is the type of worry that Jesus is referring to, where we're driven to the point of distraction. And the long-term effects of that can affect our mental and our physical well-being. As Jesus said, can any one of you by worrying at a single hour to your life. In fact, it's probably the opposite. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Cast all your cares on him. Now, care is the same word, that merim neo word. So cast all of your distractions, all of your worries, all of the things that are occupying your attention. Cast them on him because he cares for you. Sometimes it's easy my mum was diagnosed with breast cancer 10 years ago. And as soon as I heard the news, there was an instant peace that everything's going to be okay. I knew it was going to be okay, and it still is. Mum's still here. When dad was diagnosed, I didn't have that same feeling that everything was going to be okay. We were told initially that it wasn't terminal. But deep down I just sensed something's not right but I know that God's still on the throne. And so that gave me a peace just knowing that God was still in control. And as I think most of you know dad's no longer with us. But there are some things that are not as easy. And sometimes in the whole scheme of things they're actually not that important. But they tend to be the things that we, get, we panic first and hand it over later. Week before Christmas, Mark and I were shopping, doing some Christmas shopping, and we walked out of a shop. Mark pulled the keys out of his pocket and he said, Some of your keys are missing. And I looked, there's my, my car key, my car key ring, and I looked and realised the house keys were missing. I said, Great. How are we going to get in the house when we get home? <laughs> then I realised there was a USB missing. I always have a USB hanging from my keyring in case I need to copy something or transfer something over when I'm out. And um, I'd been doing a bit of work helping mum um, with all the estate matters for dad and I'd been copying, scanning some stuff at work and then sending them to her and I'd put them on the USB as well. It's like, great... Now people can find out where I live, let themselves into our house. Then I discovered my post office box key was also missing. So I was like, great, they can help themselves to my mail. They could probably steal my identity. I started, like, really panicking, really worrying about it. I said, God, you know where they are. Please show me. Nothing. Next day, God, you know where they are. Please show me. Nothing. We'd been back to the shop where we were at, looked around there, couldn't find it. And I was really starting to worry. And I sensed God say to me, do you trust me? Yeah, God, I trust you, but just show me where they are. Do you trust me? Yes, God, I trust you, but just show me where they are. Do you trust me? Yes, God, I trust you. Took a few days. I was pretty distracted. Being just before Christmas, there's some things that, you know, some people didn't get presents until too late and things like that because I was just like so preoccupied. But eventually I handed it over. So I felt like Peter when Jesus said to him three times, do you love me? And then he said to Peter, it doesn't matter what's happening with John. It doesn't matter what's happening with the other people. This is about you and me. And I, f- I felt God was basically saying the same thing to me. This is about you and me. It's not about anyone else. It's about do you trust me? So was I living a full life? Did I have an extra hour in my day? Probably not. God knew where they were, but he chose not to, not to tell me. He wanted me to completely trust him. So when we worry about things, we're faced with a choice. Do we worry, meditate, get distracted and anxious, or do we hand it over and say, God, I trust you? Do we cast all our cares, our worries, our distractions, whatever it is, on him? Where is your focus? I'm going to show, if it works, a YouTube now. In 2008, there was an advertising campaign by the Mayor of London for the London Transport. And in this video, I want you to count how many times the people wearing white pass the ball to one another. So let's just watch this. I apologise for the light. It's not that clear, but hopefully you can see it is an awareness test how many passes does the team in white make the answer is 13 but did you see the moonwalking bear? Go! Okay, we can stop there. Who missed the bear? quite a few of you you know when we're focused on one thing we can sometimes totally miss something else when we're focused on the thing that we're worrying about we can miss what God is wanting to do in us and through us where is your focus who or what are you thinking about who or what are you meditating on who or what do you run to when things get too much? Carrying on with our reading, Matthew six thirty-three, verse 33 says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek first his kingdom. God's kingdom. What is his kingdom? What is his kingdom? Is anyone, can anyone... Give me an answer. Yeah, where he rules. Yeah. God's kingdom is where he reigns and where he rules. As in any kingdom. A king's kingdom is where they rule. Where they live, where they are, where they reign, where they rule. The kingdom of God is an upside-down kingdom. The things that matter, or the things that we think matter, don't. The things that we think are important aren't. The things that, when we hand things over, we get so much more in return. When we humble ourselves, God lifts us up. When we're the least, we are the greatest. And God's power is perfected In our weakness the whole of the Sermon of the Mount Matthews 5 6 and 7 is about this upside-down kingdom where we're blessed when we're poor in spirit and when we mourn when we're rewarded by God and not man when we give when we pray when we fast Jesus teaching is the opposite to our human wisdom and he's encouraging his listeners to change their perspective and their focus to look at things from a God point of view, to see that he is right there in the midst of what you're going through, just like the bear. He's right there, but sometimes we miss him because we're so focused on something else. Seeking God and his kingdom as priority gives us the peace to endure whatever challenges we are facing right now. And somehow... The things that we were worried about just pale in comparison. And I love the fact that Elisabeth picked Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus this morning. Because the things of earth will grow strangely dim when we turn our eyes on Jesus. Yet we live in a natural world. There are worrying things going on around us all the time. But are they bigger than God? when we look at our life from a godly perspective, when we hand things over, when we give him the things that we don't need to worry about, we see that some things are actually not worth worrying about. An English filmmaker, J. Arthur Rank, never heard of him, but I'll use him for this illustration, took these words of Jesus to heart and he determined to limit his worrying to Wednesdays only. So he built a Wednesday worry box. And whenever something caused him angst or concern, he wrote it down and popped it in his box. Then he forgot about it. Then next Wednesday, he pulled out all of his worry notes and discovered an incredible truth. Less than a third of his worries remained. All the other items had resolved themselves. And sometimes when we worry, we momentarily forget God. Again, Elizabeth talked about that this morning too. How sometimes we go about our day and we forget God. We forget what he's already done for us. You know, he rose from the grave. He rose from the dead. If he can do that, do you think he can handle whatever you're going through? One nod. (laughs) I think so. We forget what he's already done, what he can do, what he's promised he will do. He knows the future. He knows what will happen and he knows what won't happen. The last verse we're going to read Matthew 6:34 says therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself each day has enough trouble of its own. Studies have shown that 85% of the things that we worry about actually never happen. What wasted energy. We worry about things that will likely never happen, that have not happened yet, or that have already happened but we can do nothing about them. When I'm worried about tomorrow, I'm paralysed today. One of my favourite songs is a Gaither song. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone because I know he holds the future and life is worth living just because he lives. Who knows that song? Yeah, fantastic song. I'm gonna put a slide up now of a foggy scene. Imagine it's a cold day. I know that's hard to imagine at the moment. You're standing outside you're surrounded by this thick fog. You can't even see across the road. How much water do you think it takes to create that blanket of fog that has completely enveloped you? Does anyone want to hazard a guess? One glass. One drinking glass of water disperses as millions of tiny droplets in the air creating an impenetrable blanket that shuts out the light. A lot of the things we worry about are like this. They're an illusion. They appear bigger and more consuming than they actually are. And in the meantime, they're paralysing us today and distracting us from God. Jesus tells us in Matthew 6, don't let worry consume us. And as we heard last week in Philippians 4, don't be anxious, but pray about every situation. And the peace of God, which transcends our understanding, but the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds. The Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10 verses 4 and 5 that we're in a spiritual battle. And that we must take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. So when you start to worry about your XYZ, whatever it was that you thought about earlier, when that's occupying your mind, when all you can think about is XYZ, it's time to take it captive and make it obedient to Christ. How? As Max Lucado says, hand in your resignation. Four weeks ago I handed in my resignation. I said, when God said to me, Do you trust me? I said, Yes, Lord, I trust you. You know where my keys are, but you've chosen not to tell me at this point in time. Well, this week, on Wednesday, the owner of the store where we'd been sent me a photo and said, Are these your keys? I said, Yep, they're my keys. So God knew where they were all along. Now, the interesting thing is the USB wasn't with them. So that's still out there somewhere. But is God in control? Yep. Does God know where they are? Where it is? Yep. I don't have to worry. If he wants me to find it again, he will. If he wants something disastrous to happen, I'm in his hands. I trust him. I trust him. Romans 14:17 says, In God's kingdom, what we eat and drink is not important. Here, what is important is a right way of life, peace and joy, all from the Holy Spirit. We've been given a gift from God, the gift of himself, his Holy Spirit. And those of us who believe in Jesus, and I think most of us here do, when we believe and acknowledge what he has done for us and invited him to be Lord in our life and we have the Holy Spirit residing in us, we have God residing in us, then we can produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And in Galatians 5, we read about them. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, long-suffering, goodness, and so on. Worry robs us of that peace worry says God I don't trust you have you thought about that when we worry we're saying God I don't trust you Francis Chan says worry implies that we don't quite trust God is big enough, powerful enough or loving enough to take care of what's happening in our lives I'll say that again. Worry implies that we don't quite trust God is big enough, powerful enough or loving enough to take care of what's happening in our lives. Imagine, Michael, imagine David comes up to you and says, Dad, I've loved having all these Christmas lights up on our house but I'm really worried about the power bill. How are we going to be able to pay for that because all these extra lights around our house have caused the power bill to go up high? You would look at him and just laugh and say, that's not your concern. You don't have to worry about that. Leave that with me. God says that. Leave it with me. It's not your concern. You don't have to worry. Again, Max Licardo, to quote him again, he says, No one can pray and worry at the same time. Have you thought about that? You only know, do one or the other. Maybe you're asking, Well, how do I know if I'm worrying too much? how do I know if it's a healthy concern or it's a preoccupation? Ask yourself, am I worried about my material needs more than my spiritual needs? Do I worry more about my own needs than the needs of others? Is my anxiety causing me inner turmoil or conflicts with others? Am I so worried about what might happen that I can't enjoy today? Am I worried about something that's outside of my control? If you've answered yes to any of those, or if anything else I've said today has challenged you, then as you walked in today, hopefully you were given a piece of paper, I want you to write whatever it is that's worrying you on that piece of paper whatever's concerning you. Or maybe you don't want to specifically write what it is. Just say, God, I resign. Now this is what I have this bucket for. This is our bin. We're going to throw it away. We're going to leave it at the foot of the cross. And I'm going to put this down on the front row. And as David and Elizabeth and the team come... Oops, if I don't trip over first. As they come up and and play and sing, I just want you to come and put whatever it is in the bucket. They'll be thrown away afterwards. No one's going to read them or look at them. This is between you and God. Write down what's worrying you. Write down your resignation. And if you want specific prayer for anything this morning then I'm going to stay on the front row as well and I'll pray with you or maybe you want to catch up with me afterwards and I can pray with you.